Welcome to Life's Journeys podcast by Aviva. I'm Sarah Twig Doyle and I'll be your host for today's episode, which is all about tips for styling your home. I'm an interior stylist and also a colour consultant and I'm joined by first time buyer Shannon. Hi, so I'm Shannon. I'm a food stylist, so I'm a foodie and quite creative at heart. Um, I'm from Dublin and I've recently just bought a house in Dunleary with my boyfriend Dan. Um, it's it's been a long-winded process and like that we're getting to the stage now where we can actually start decorating and you know really making it a home Um, so we're kind of done at least with the bulk of the construction so we're ready to go now and we're kind of the furniture is going to start to arrive but we want to get some insight on how to decorate it. I just really want it to be like cozy vibes so I even in my bedroom at home like it's always been fairy lights and very warm and cozy and I've often had friends come over really highlighting the fact that it is very cozy and you know really chill and I kind of want that very much throughout the house um, and just really make somebody want to come in and just sit down and have a cup of tea and chill out. As soon as you've walked in the door you know that feeling when you close the front door and you go I'm home this yeah. is my space this is how I want it so the thing to do, I always feel, is is take your time. Mm. Don't rush. If you're not really sure what that room is saying to you, come back to it. Go to another one. I mean, for you, obviously, you have a blank canvas and you're starting from scratch the, the whole house through. Yeah. But maybe go, okay, I'm not really sure what I want to do with this room, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to come, go on to the next one. So perhaps it's a bedroom that you want to start with, you know, if you're talking about your cosy vibes. You want your bedroom to feel cocooning. Yeah. So think about your, your colour palette. Do you like restful colours? Do you like bright colours that get you out of bed in the morning? So work within your own instinct, because I always think, you know, our own gut instinct of what we love is is the most powerful tool. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, I think that's where I'm kind of, it's trying to find that balance, because like that I could be, if I was left to the house on my own, it would be really bright and colourful and crazy and Dan would be a lot more subtle. So it's kind of trying to find that balance between the two of us. And I think that's where, you know, choosing colours um, of paint and as well as, you know, choosing colour of furniture and fabrics is mm-hmm. where, you know, it's trying to find that balance. And I suppose you know, growing up I always would have been in a very, like that very cream, very beige house which was lovely but is that me probably not you know Mm. I still want color whether it is a plain walls I'm okay with introducing color in cushions and everything like that yeah because I'm wondering is like does everything have to match like I've bought a blue sofa so okay in curtains or blinds like does it have to match or how do you complement, I suppose, the colours? The colours. Well, if your walls are neutral, you've got a neutral backdrop. So you want to add your colour. You've chosen a blue sofa, which is a great thing to do because it's a lovely way to introduce colour. So what I would say is you don't... nothing. The rule book of interiors has changed. It used to be, do you remember, like blue and green shouldn't be seen and, you know, your granny would say, oh, you know, you have to have your curtains matching your cushions and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And I think really... 
you know, we've moved on so far from that, mm. you know, the next catalogue of everything matching, matching, matching. And I think it's allowing us to put our own personal stamp on things. So I always think with a with a colour palette in a room, you know, you've chosen neutral walls, but blue is going to be your primary accent colour because you've chosen a blue sofa. Yeah. So the thing to do is to soften the blue because sometimes blue can feel a little bit cold in a room. So go for maybe warm tones like mustard or perhaps you know that that sort of soft millennial pink is really nice with blue um even green I mean you know green is the color of nature so you know you can introduce green with plants and accessories so I don't think it needs to match and you know in a, a sitting room if you um if you're talking about the curtains you're probably going to go for plain curtains anyway because you want something that is going to last and with the best will in the world, we our, our, our taste changes and evolves as fashions move forward in terms of interiors. So I always think when it comes to something like that, keep keep it simple. Allow the personality to come through in your cushions, in your, your rugs, you know, have a lovely big textured patterned rug that yeah. will really draw the room together. Yeah. And then like even, uh, you know, in relation to curtains, I suppose... I think like we've always had like, again, in this whole process, it's always been reverting back to home where it's like, okay, what don't I like at home (laughs) that I don't want in my own house? Um, And I suppose like, do you like, is it, I suppose everything's okay, but like, can you have blinds and curtains or does that dwarf a space? Because it is, even though the downstairs is open plan, it's not, it's still not the biggest space, you know, and I don't want to do anything that's going to make it in any way smaller you know so I suppose like can you layer or does it make the room smaller if that makes any sense from my own personal point of view I mean we moved into a house a bit like you quite open plan it isn't a huge space and we just took all the curtains down immediately the house felt much much bigger so we stuck with just purely blinds so I think if you look if you have a beautiful Victorian property with 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 huge picture windows and a pelmet to match sure go for it you know go to beautiful big heavy velvet draped curtains but if you are living in a small space and you know if you've renovated the chances are you've probably improved the energy efficiency of the building you don't need the 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 curtains to block I mean the reason we have curtains is a to block out light but also to obviously keep and insulate the room so personally I would say in a small space blinds is enough with the open plan living you know we have our stairs in our in our living room um, and we got our banisters changed um, and they're primed but we haven't picked a color and I suppose like you know again it all comes down to does it have to match the architraves or or the skirting boards? Like, or can you go and paint your stairs? Your banister is a mad color because, like that, we've quite an again neutral carpet on the stairs. Okay, um, and I have seen you know on Pinterest and all that you know people painting their banisters like mustard yellow or bright green or whatever, sure. and it's kind of. I suppose, of course, we can do that, but like, can we do that? Yeah. <laughs> if that makes any sense. I absolutely think you can do whatever you like. Yeah. If you've got a very neutral backdrop, yeah, you can either do. You can go one of two ways. If you want the staircase to feature and you mm. want it to to make it stand out, absolutely go for something colourful. If you want it to blend in, 
paint it the same and it'll just disappear. Mm. So I think it depends on whether you like the idea that it becomes a feature in the room or whether you want it to to sort of recede away from the eye and just be part of the fabric of the room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think staircases always look incredible. I think banisters always look incredibly luxurious if you paint them, say, for example, um, you know, a deep, dark, inky blue or um, grey or black. You know, sort of, you've probably seen a lot of, you know, people have been painting their banisters and farron balls railings or downpipe you know yeah it's such a luxurious um color and deep color like that so it we say color but i'm you know it doesn't have to be bright orange or bright green you know you can go um you know you can go towards more of the sort of the dark neutrals Mm. and then it's still neutral yeah you're not introducing color that you're gonna then go in six months time I really wish I hadn't painted those orange. I really wish I hadn't yeah. painted those green because now I don't like orange and green. And you have to bear in mind, your taste will evolve and change. Yeah. As I know myself, you know, a colour that I liked last year, I'm now looking at and going, yeah, I'm not so sure yeah, that that yeah. was the right colour choice. So you you will, your taste will change and evolve. So I always think when it comes to something like banisters, which are harder to paint, a wall is easier to paint over. Yeah. So when it comes to a banister, I, I would err on the side of go for something classic as opposed to something, whoa. Mm. But then it depends. You know, I've seen, I I'm, I follow a lady on Instagram who literally painted every single one of her banisters a different colour. Cool. And that's what she yeah, loves, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I always think, again, it's all about what's in your gut instinct and your colour palette and what's going to make your heart skip a beat when you look at it and go oh god I'm so glad I did that yeah, that's beautiful yeah. is there like a rule of thumb when it comes to you know picking a feature wall color or even like a feature wallpaper I know like Dan was even talking about something like that and he was like maybe we do it all the way up the stairs and sure. I suppose I was like oh my god yes but then in the back of my mind I'm like oh am I actually just gonna shrink my whole house you know <laughs> so it's kind of that again it's, it's finding the, the balance. balance of course it is I mean a, a feature feature walls are a funny thing I have a love-hate relationship with feature walls yeah because my my own personal feeling is you were brave enough to put it on one wall but why not the others yeah so I kind of I suppose I come from the school of thought go for it yeah if yeah. you love a color enough on one wall why don't why not do all the walls yeah. or you know one of the tips that that I was given and um oh my gosh it was one of the best tips definitely was if you choose a darker color so you know say a, a darker green or you know which is what I did in my say my kitchen dining space I yeah. went from a much darker green um, which took me like I can't tell you how far out of my comfort zone but I just sort of I was working with the interior designer and she um in the 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 the, the, the decorating center you know I was asking her advice and she just said to me oh you're going to paint it there and you're going to do the skirting board and this and the uh, the woodwork the same color aren't you and I um, I am <laughs> yes of course I am yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> gosh yeah no totally so I suppose you know pushing myself made me realize yeah that's the right thing to do and but I kept my window walls white or off white I didn't go for pure white I went for a a, a slightly greeny tone to the white yeah because your light source keeping it white keeps the room light even though the other walls around you are dark so when you come into my kitchen space 
you see a sea of white to start with and you don't take in the green until a little bit later on. And that's a lovely little way to do it. So it depends on when you walk into a room, the orientation of the room. Um, You know, obviously in a bedroom, a feature wall, it's probably going to be your bed wall. Yeah, Because that's where the feature of the kind of the room is. Yeah. And, you know, if you were paper, if you wanted a feature paper wall, that's the wall to, to kind of do is behind your bed i very much like vintage and i'd be you know i love my vinyls and all that and i i bought a really nice old um record cabinet in a flea market in dublin and i absolutely love it dan absolutely hates it because he's (laughs) very much like modern and he's like oh my god it's so old-fashioned like no um and I suppose then you were kind of, we were kind of being advised, being like, well, you know, modern, if you want it modern, keep it modern. But if you want a vintage, keep a vintage. And it's kind of like, can the two come together <laughs> in harmony? Well, I mean, I w- I'm going to say yes, obviously, because yeah. vintage is my thing yeah, yeah, yeah. and sustainability is my thing. So I, I'm very much an advocate for buying secondhand. Yeah you know, if you can, yeah. because those things have already walked the planet, you know, it's great to repurpose them, you know, so your vintage record player cabinet, mm. well, you can bring that up to date into a modern um, home by painting it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you could decide that you want to strip it right r- the way back and have more of a sort of a rustic feel to it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I personally think, yes, you can. Mm. And the way to do it is to... Um, look, if you love a piece, it'll work in your home if you if you feel it works in your yeah, home. Yeah. So I might not like a piece and your other half might not like a piece, but does it matter if yeah. you love it? Yeah. So yeah, I, I personally think, you know, I think that, and also as well, don't be afraid to mix, you know, we're this, this sort of Puritan idea of, well, I have one mid-century piece, I can only have mid-century. I don't think, I think again, yeah. those days are really, really gone. Yeah. It's how you pull it together. So when you keep a, the, when you keep the colour palette simplistic, mm. the period styles don't really, it doesn't matter if you've got a mi- mix of mid-century with a arts and crafts piece, as long as it makes sense in the room because the colours work in the room. Yeah. You know, and I think colour is a great, colour on furniture is a fantastic way yeah. of adding um, interest to a room as well. Mm. And, you know, if you buy a piece of Ikea furniture, don't be afraid to hack it. I mean, there's a whole website dedicated yeah. to Ikea hacks yeah. where you can personalise them and make them your own. Yeah, I love them. So, you know, not everybody's in a position, obviously, to... To, to buy second hand, you know, and it's a timing thing as well. Obviously, if you have the time to, to be able to spend and, and upcycle, that's great. But if you don't, then sometimes you need quick fixes that will help you add sort of personality. Yeah. But yeah, my, my whole mantra is my, ho- my whole house is filled with old stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it being such a small space, like having smarter storage solutions I suppose like is there any you know thing that you believe like whether it's you know having high cabinets or whatever Mm. to utilize I suppose the space like is there any insight on you know small space storage that you'd recommend or 
I mean, obviously, room room to room will vary what you kind of need. Mm. Um, I always think in, you know, a living room, if you're lucky enough to have a fireplace, well, then, you know, your alcoves are your obvious place for your storage. Yeah. So you want a mixture. So you want to have display space. Yeah. So, you know, some open shelving, perhaps, at, at, a, you know, at a certain height. And then underneath it, you want the practicality of cupboards where you can close off your yeah. things that you don't want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, in a kitchen, you might have a kitchen dresser. You know, you might want to be able to display some of your vintage plates or your yeah. vintage china, but then you're going to have an awful lot of, you know, paraphernalia that you don't want people to see. Mm-hmm. So I always say go for a mixture that you have, you know, display storage, but you also have as much closed away as, particularly in a small space where you don't want it to feel cluttered. Mm-hmm. So the more seamless you keep that storage the better um you know and paint save up and have mdf cabinetry built if you can if you know a good carpenter who can do that for you paint it the same color as your wall so it will blend in and not stand out of an l you know it'll give that room you know a sort of seamless kind of blend we actually ended up where when we moved into the house the kitchen was between the banister and the fire breast Mm. and it was literally you'd sink and you'd hob and you'd no space for chopping oh, wow. anything. And sure. I, like I bake, you know, I do cake decorating and everything. Yes, yeah. That I was like, okay, love the house, but oh God, this is our <laughs> kitchen. Like, and um, Dan's granddad gave us some insight because he works in the building trade mm. and he basically said, well, why don't you move your kitchen under the stairs? So, wow. Yeah. So at the time, under the stairs was just a washer dryer and then a big uh, boiler and then you had the back it was a tiny literally the width of a door the back door and then you're into the bathroom right. uh, so we ended up knocking all of that out and putting support beams in for the stairs and everything and then built on a, a timber extension at the end now it's not ideal our bathroom is opening into our kitchen but it is only two of us so it's a bit whatever so but that's it it's making the space work for you you know and I think people always say oh you need to think about the long game and somebody else coming into the property but really you're living in it day to day so really you adapt it to what you need for now you can worry about potential buyers another time Mm. but the chances are if it's worked for you it's going to work for whoever comes in because it's going to be a similar couple to yourselves yeah you know it's going to be a first time buy it gets you on the property ladder so really i think you know we do have to make we we live in our houses so we have to adapt them to what we need for our living day-to-day today as opposed to well you know yeah what about somebody else buying the house you know in five years time you know, worry about that in five years' time. Yeah. You know, make your house work for you, for you today. We've ordered our couch. Uh, like I said, it's a blue sofa. It's a three-seater. Um, and it's such a small space that I suppose, is there any other alternatives to a coffee table? Like we were, the rest of the furniture will all be determined when the couch is in because then we'll actually know what space we have left. Yes, yeah. But we're kind of like, do we have room for a dining table? And then if we don't have room for a dining table, where do you eat your food? And do we have room for a coffee table? So I suppose like, are there any smart alternatives to coffee tables or and or dining tables? Well, I mean, I think in terms of alternatives to coffee tables, Obviously, as you've said, you need to have the sofa in to know exactly ex- mm-hmm. what dimensions you will have left. But I mean, 
who doesn't want to put their feet up at the end of the day? Yeah. So, you know, something like an ottoman could be a good idea. You can put then a wooden tray on top of it. Mm. So that acts as a coffee table, but it also means you can put your feet up. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, I have one that came from Ikea and it actually, you lift up the top cushion and there's storage underneath. That's brilliant. Which allows you to put all your um, blankets and cushions and cushion, you know, spare cushions for mm-hmm. what I call the soft furnishing emergencies. <laughs> um, um, my husband calls them the excess tat. Uh, <laughs> but you can never have enough blankets and you have to have yeah, somewhere to store them. And, you know, you'll, you'll probably change things up winter to summer as well. So yeah. it means that you can put, you know, the summer throws and the summer cushions that you throw out onto the sofa have to go somewhere. So, mm-hmm. you know, an, an ottoman is, you know, particularly if it has storage, means that it works in three three ways for you a access storage b it's somewhere to put your feet at the end of the day and also by putting a tray which is what i have on mine is i've made a pallet tray out of uh, a wooden tray out of pallet wood oh cool well, i say i did my husband did and i just <laughs> i did finishing touches but i mean you know that tray can move around then as well so you want to make things work really really hard for you but also you probably will have a little bit of side table space. So perhaps a nest of tables, yeah. which, you know, allows for TV dinners as well. Because you can move those tables in front, out of you, yeah. in front of you for dinner. You know, if you don't want to have to sit at the table, um, you could use vintage crates, for example, as oh, little yeah. side tables. But then also that gives you storage because you can put books, magazines in. Mm. Um, you can also get a... Um, these side tables which will slot into your so into underneath the the legs of your sofa and oh sort yeah of i've seen them become like a rest almost on the side of your mm. sofa arm yeah you know that's another way that at least you've still got some space to be able to because essentially what you want to be able to do is put your cup of tea or exactly, your glass yeah. of wine or your gin and tonic somewhere yeah to, to kind of the side of you that's the point of a co- coffee table yeah so i always say make make those pieces work, make them multifunctional so that you can move them around. You know, when you've got visitors, a small nest of tables is perfect because then you can move a table next to them so they've somewhere to put their drink and yeah. and so on and so forth. But like everything kind of for myself, like reverts back to, you know, trying to make the home look bigger considering it is so small. Mm. Um, like, is there any advice you give to make a home look bigger? Well, I suppose particularly if you're in an open plan Mm. Um, home so you know you're saying you've opened out the house considerably yeah so I think you know when you're planning your color scheme keep to a palette throughout the downstairs Mm -hmm. so you can do variations of the colors but you keep it fairly much so for example okay you've neutral plain walls your sofa's blue so accents of blue go into the kitchen as well perhaps into the bathroom so that you you create that synergy. I mean, obviously, flooring is another way to mm. make a space feel bigger. So if the same flooring is throughout the downstairs, you'll all automatically create this illusion of of space. Mm-hmm. Um, people always think, well, you know, I have to go for small things in a small home. Not necessarily, because our eye is, um, you know, a, a very large you know, pendant lamp in the centre of the room, you might think, oh, that's going to make this, the room feel smaller, but not necessarily, mm. you know, because I, I will read that as interesting. Oh, gosh, gosh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. So, you know, don't be don't be afraid that you have to go for small things. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, keep 
your furniture in proportion to the room. Don't have one massive, huge sofa that dwarfs the space. Mm. But, you know, certainly I think colour palette is is an obvious one to keep a similar synergy of of colour. You know, you can change that upstairs. So, you know, upstairs your colour palette might be shades of green. You know, Mm -hmm. you might go from, you know, very, very bright green to, you know, slightly more muted shades in you know, bright green in a bathroom might make sense, but, you know, slightly more muted greens in another, uh, you know, into a bedroom. Yeah, yeah. But certainly synergy of, of colour is, is, a, is a good trick of the eye that, you know, you're reading the room in a similar way. Do you have any advice on making more sustainable choices in the home? Well, as I said, secondhand to me is a no-brainer, you know, and you can't, it's not feasible to buy all of your furniture second hand I mean mm. it, it, you can um I mean there's nothing to say that you can't buy a second hand bed frame but just buy a new mattress for yeah example. of course yeah so you know I think be be sensible about it um I personally think that um there I mean there are so many sources now of of, of vintage you know we used to be a bit sort of well I don't know where to go for this you know you've got done deal now Facebook um, the marketplace is a great way yeah. to buy secondhand. Um, flea markets, vintage stores, charity shops, as I said, you know. So I think we we've we've we think differently about old stuff. We've we've stopped thinking, oh, it's gonna fall apart, it's rickety. The older stuff was better made. Yeah, it's standard than some it's of the modern stuff. Long, like, Absolutely. You know? I'm living with a sofa I wish we hadn't bought. Yeah. You know, we you you will make some mistakes. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I mean, you know, I I painted our downstairs. We've a, a very hard working downstairs. We call it the office slash den slash spare bedroom because we it's it, we don't have the luxury of a fourth bedroom. Mm-hmm. So we have that as a guest room when people come to stay. And I we decided we were going to to sort of redecorate it. Got a, a you know pretty shabby, and um, we'd never really done very much to it other than sort of fill it. And I chose this very, very, um, it's fabulous, Farron Ball colour, green smoke. Beautiful mm. colour. I loved it. I was so excited. I went to the shop. I don't know what came over me. I just totally bottled it. I thought, it's going to be too dark. It's going to be too dark. No. And I brought home this other sort of green. And we, we, we actually had paid on this particular occasion to have somebody come in and do it. Normally I do a lot of that myself. Yeah. We actually had paid for a decorator to come in and do it. And he left. He did a beautiful job. And I looked at it and went, oh, it's disgusting. Oh, my God, that's disgusting. I can't live with that. <laughs> and my husband said, sleep on it. Go go and have a look at it in the morning. You might feel really, really differently. And I looked at it in the morning and I burst into tears. And I went, no, I can't live oh, with no. that. So my lesson learned was trust your gut instinct. Because yeah. I then went out and bought a tin of the green smoke colour that I anticipated in the first place and I adore it. Well thank you very much like you've definitely given me a lot to think about (laughs) and you know it's it's great to have uh, uh, expert advice on something like this like that being first time buyers and going into it completely blind especially now that we have a blank canvas it's going to be great to be able to go in and actually play with all these things and try them out. For all of life's journeys, you're safe in the hands of Aviva.